It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show as we wind down summer here on Labor Day weekend. Kind of a fall theme on this week's show. We'll talk some fall walleye tactics with Jason Freed, Steve Sapaniak will talk musky and pike, and we'll also talk to Matt Brewer and preview this weekend's bear opener, plus another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our local report, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleye, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report, and we bring back Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. We haven't talked to Jason in a few weeks. I know he's been pretty busy. Uh, of course, you're back into the school year now, Jason, so maybe not doing as much fishing as you were before that. But uh, coming off of the month of August, I wanted to pick your brain on how things went for you because we had a cooler August than we than I could ever remember. Yeah, you know, it's almost uh, it almost feels like fall's coming coming super early this year, and obviously we're we're going to get it. We're going to get some warm days here as we we get in September. We always do, but. We don't get that long stretch anymore, and so we are definitely starting to move into the, you know, what's going to become fall patterns here um, within the lakes area. And um, and honestly, I mean, I, I always say, but my favorite time to walleye fish, especially um, in, the, in the Brainerd Lakes area, is in the fall. And um, it's just, it seems to be some of the lakes like Gall and Pelican and North Long, um, Whitefish, you know, Shane, all these, they all seem to be, and can be super good fall lakes and the nice thing is you get the uh, the boat pressure starts to go away um you know from the from the pleasure boaters and you can kind of get on these lakes and you see just a lot more fishermen on them and, uh, and everybody really enjoying what uh, what fall can bring to the lakes area scenery is not bad either no it's not it's not <laughs> beautiful you start to get the leaves start to change and and whatnot and uh it is really a great time because what fall typically means is the fish are start to they start to put the feed bag on uh, they start to actively feed more. Um, they move out into the more, you know, st- strategic fall locations. So, you know, when you're fishing in the, in the fall, the Bray Lakes area, you want to start thinking about, you know, steep breaks, uh, area where there's, um, you know, access to, to some deeper water. Uh, they, they, they like to pile up on steeper breaks, uh, especially on these lakes like Gall and Pelican. Uh, but they're still going to be weed-related, too. And, you know, looking into weed lines, um, you know, when you get those warmer days, they're going to maybe still slide back up in the weeds. And so you can't forget about the, you know, the tr- typical summer patterns that you might use and, and tactics and whatnot, like slip bobber fishing and such. But, you know, it's tough to beat in the fall uh, when you get on these lakes, slide out a little bit deeper, you know, 25, 30, 32 feet of water. Um, you know, and you can see them on your graph. You can mark them. And then, you know, it's tough to beat pulling a, a Lindy rig with a, a creek chub or a red tail or, uh, you know, jig wrapping, um, shiver minnows, uh, using some of those tactics uh, because the fish are active, typically actively feeding. Uh, the water temps are going to get back down into the, 
you know, as we get into later fall, they're going to start getting back down into the fifties. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just a great time to be on the water. And, um, you got, you got a real chance of catching a real fat trophy. And, uh, there's some really big walleyes in these lakes in the Bray Lakes area that a lot of times people don't get a chance to really catch a lot in the fall, in the summer, because they're in the weeds and they're tougher to catch and get to. You spend a lot of time up on leech as well, Jason. Uh, what tactics up there, are they a little bit different than they would be down here in the Brainerd Lakes area because you're fishing such a bigger body of water? Yeah, you know, leech sets up so differently, you know, because you've got such different aspects and basins to the lake. And, um, you know, this is, you know, typically like in May and June, you can get out on leech and you can fish the sand flats, um, you know, around the Goose Island area. You can get out and fish the main lake, um, you know, and, you know, the area around Bear Island and up in Portage Bay in those areas and those areas get a little bit tougher in the, you know mid-summer july into august and the fish just scatter more they they kind of become more nomadic and so then you kind of start sliding into places like walker bay here in august and and whatnot and so but as we get into the fall those areas start to heat back up again because the fish start to slide back up shallower in some of those places um you're able to get back to using the jig and a minnow as we get into late fall and uh you know snap jigging and working those areas over uh, typically, the east side of the lake sets up really well in the fall um, off of Bear Island, um, those wind-blowing points. Because in the fall, and you get a lot of west winds, and, and so they blow into Five Mile Point, Sugar Point, and, and you know, Battle and all those areas on the, on the east side of the lake. And so you can, you can have some really good fishing. You can get up into you know, five, six feet of water when you get a good wind-blowing day and, and uh, catch a lot of fish. And so um, that's fun. But then you also have the areas like Agency Bay and... Cabacona Bay and uh, Walker Bay, where it sets up more like Gull Lake. Uh, steep breaks, uh, areas where those fish are going to be setting up on traditional fall spots. And once again, Lindy Rigging with big minnows, jig wrapping, shiver minnows um, are all going to be really good fall tactics. So, you know, it offers kind of a variety of things. You know, if you like to fish shallow, you like to jig and minnow bite, you have that opportunity on Leech Lake as we get later into the fall. Um, especially when water temps start to get down in the 50s, where if you like the Lindy rig, you like to work big minnows, um, you know, vertical jig, jigging wraps, uh, you can do that on deeper structures as well. So it, uh, it really provides, a, you know, a unique opportunity for the fall angler to do some different things. And then, you know, the other thing I forgot, to, you know, too, is a lot of people forget about some really good crappie fishing uh, on some of these lakes uh, within the Walker area and the Brainerd Lakes there in the fall because those crappies start to set up where they're going to be come wintertime. And, um, you know, they're suspended oftentimes out off of weed lines, and you can vertical jig those fish as well. So it's a, it's a good time, and I mean, you just can get out, and you can catch crappies, you can catch walleyes, you can catch bass, um, and everything. So it's definitely a good time to be, whether you're in the Brainerd area or the Leech area. The nice thing about fall crappies is, like you said, they're kind of setting up where they're going to be in the wintertime. So if you're fishing them in the fall, you can kind of pinpoint where you think you might come early ice, target them there. Oh, it's almost uh, it's almost a lock. I mean, if you find those fish in the late fall, there's a good chance that's where they're going to be come first ice. And uh, so you can do a little bit of legwork uh, and a little bit of studying, you know, as to where the fish are and, and what's going on in the fall and then have a lot of success when you get to early ice. And then one last thing, Jason. Uh, I know Leech is a well-known musky lake as well. And uh, Toby, with your guide service, has been... Uh, out there chasing muskies around. He loves to do that. Looks like he had some pretty good success this year. Have you been hearing some good reports on muskies on leech? Yeah, you know, it was uh, typically mid-July is when the 
the muskie bite really gets going, and it actually was really behind. And um, it wasn't until about, oh, I don't know, the first, maybe second week of August that things really kind of started to really go, get going for the, the walleyes. And so, um, or not, sorry, no, the muskies, I'm sorry. But um, it's, been, uh, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, it's, it hasn't been necessarily gangbusters or anything like that. It's muskie fishing, you know. But um, guys are getting into them. Uh, guys are seeing more of them. And it's your, still your traditional, you know, burning bucktails, um, you know, twitch-style baits, jerk-style baits, uh, as well as rubber-style baits, you know, like, uh, you know, McRubbers and um, Bulldogs and, and some of those things. And, and so and as you get into the fall, um, you know, that's when everybody really starts thinking about musky fishing as well because they start to put the feed bag on and, and um, it really can get really good in the fall too because those fish get really big in the fall. So I don't think you see as many fish in the fall. Um, but the fish you do see oftentimes and have a chance at are much bigger because they're, they're, they're putting on the feed bag. And a lot of times the musky fishing in the fall, a place like Leech uh, and some of these other lakes, it's, a lot of it's predicated around tulabies um, and, and where the tulabies are because that's what they're feeding on. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And, and if, if you kind of know where the tulabies are right now, as those fish will spawn in the fall, they'll move up onto some shallow rocks, and that's when the muskies will move up as well, and you can get into some really good fishing. Real quick, uh, Jason, one last thing. Uh, I noticed your uh, series, A Guide Life, is up and running. If people want to check that out, uh, I encourage yeah. him to do that. Yeah, it's been a really a, really, a neat project for us. Um, we've, uh, we've had, uh, let's see, four episodes now. Uh, we just released our last one here this last week and um with aaron murphy and we uh it's it's kind of been a unique project for us we've got uh kind of highlighting the leech lake area and we do some different tactics and um you know we just kind of talk about what it's like to be a, a fishing guide uh as well as a fishing guide for leisure outdoor adventures and uh we each kind of highlight a different presentation um and we get out and we just kind of highlight the lake and and whatnot and so we've got another one another one coming out here probably in another couple three weeks and then we'll have two more coming out this fall. We'll do a musky one. Toby did a musky one. And um, uh, then we'll have another one with Chuck here later this fall. So uh, It's been good. You can go to uh, our Facebook page and, um, and check out the videos there, as well as go to our YouTube. You know, and subscribe to our YouTube page, and then all of them are up there. All, all of them are up on YouTube also. There you go. That's Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out, leisureoutdooradventures.com all over social media and, and YouTube as well, as Jason said. I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff. We will check in with you next week, okay? Sounds good. Appreciate it, Brian. All right. When we come back, we'll head out to Malak. Steve Saponiak will talk muskies, pike, crappie, bass, and a whole lot more when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Let's head out to Malax, get the report out there. Steve Saponiak with Predator Guide Service joins us. And, uh, Steve, heading into Labor Day weekend, so it's going to be probably pretty busy out there. And, obviously, Labor Day weekend, the unofficial end of summer. But uh, it seems to me we've pretty much had fall weather conditions here through much of August. How's that been affecting fishing out of Malax? You know, Brian, that's a great question. And we've had, we have had, you know, uh, fall weather in August. And it started the northern pike you know, coming into the shallows, which is good. We're catching some big pike up to 20 pounds and losing many, many big fish, which, uh, which happens. It's got the fish turning into their fall pattern, actually, a little bit sooner than normal. So we're starting to get some good musky action going. 
walleye as well. You know, the walleye action was doing good. You can't fish them right now. Uh, bass action's been picking up again. It was slow there for quite a while. So on the up and up and everything all considered, it's starting to get the fall pattern starting early. And if you're a fisherman, you got to love it. Take advantage of the good fishing. On the other side, you know, right after Labor Day, over half the people close their cabins and call it quits, which is fine with me. I can guide without many people on the lake then. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about the bass because obviously you, you've said many times the hot, calm, sunny days are perfect for uh, bass out there in the lax. But we didn't have a lot of those, uh, especially here the last couple of weeks of August. It's been extremely windy. It's been chilly at night, and temp's kind of in the mid-70s. So bass fishing, you said, is actually starting to pick up a little bit more now? It is. It is. Actually, you know, it's very, very uh, true. You know, hot, common sun has been good. The bass like to concentrate over towards the rocks where it's a little bit warmer and there's a lot more forage and feed. But with the colder weather, like you mentioned, it's drove them out deeper. I mean, you're looking at anywhere now from uh, 12 feet to 22 feet of water. Slop, uh, excuse me, drop shotting has been very productive you know, in the deeper water for the uh, smallmouth bass. doesn't matter about the sun being bright or a calm day. They're going to feed no matter what in that deeper water. So it's got them in the deeper water and moving. Hopefully when we get a nice uh, spell of warm weather and the wind dies down, I mean, they're going to be start backing up into the shallow rocks again, making it easier for a lot of people to target them also. So actually it's a win-win situation. Just one technique or another is going to be the productive one. Now muskies, as you said, they're starting to, uh, you know, fall is kind of prime time for them. Uh, what are you doing differently now, Steve, than you were doing, say, a month ago? What we're doing differently, Brian, is we're throwing a lot larger baits right now, larger spinner baits up to two and a half, three and a half ounces. I'm starting to employ more jerk baits like the Suic and everything like that has been good. Um, using a lot of glide baits like the Phantom, everything is increasing in size. You know, like the Suic, I'm going to the 10 to 14 inch, the new one called the Frankenstein. I just, they're wonderful baits. The Phantoms from 6 inch up to 8, 9 inches have been producing very well for us also. Uh, glide baits, like I said, the Phantom has been good. Baby beaver lure, my gosh, you know, what fish doesn't like a meal like that? They've always been good good for us, you know. It's been hit and miss on some days with all types of lures, you know, no doubt because of cold spells, but baby beaver lure has been a good productive one. You can cast it, you can let it sink, or you control it. So on the average, with this early fall pattern starting, Brian, just increasing in size is going to be the you know the target. And uh, don't you know don't uh, be afraid to fish shallow for the muskies too. You know they love to sun themselves. You know one of the largest, I should say, the widest muskie I've ever seen in my entire life of guiding Malax and all over was about a month ago in about eight feet of water in the weeds. That thing was a good over a foot across the back. It was just incredible. So muskies love to sun themselves. They love to stay shallow. They'll start to concentrate this time of year on the rocks too. But majority of muskies, their brine, are still going to be in the weeds. And uh, try some night fishing. It hasn't been the greatest this year, but still a productive way to catch them. And you said, too, the pike are starting to move into uh, the shallow too. How do you want to go about catching them? We've been using spinnerbaits, uh, you know, mid-size, ounce and a half to two ounces, uh, letting them sink more into the weeds and grinding them slowly through there. Been burning black bucktails with gold blades has been very productive for us. Uh, back to the spinnerbaits, black body with an orange blade, gray body with a nickel blade, and uh, also try to go black body with a fire tiger blade has been very productive. Throwing crankbaits has been wonderful for us. We've been having good luck with uh, nice crankbaits like the Selma Whitefish Lure. We've been having pretty good luck with big pike on the six-inch phantoms and uh, jerkbaits. It doesn't matter what size, like the Suic, they've been attacking that too. It's been pretty fun. We've had uh, quite a few nice pike in the high teens taking 20-pounders, and we lost two or three that were well over 20 pounds 
you know, that's fishing. What do you do? Again, they're in their shallow water, you know, 12, 14 feet with a lot of weeds. Don't be afraid to troll, too, like a giant shad wrap. They're very productive this time of year. You know, you always keep an eye on things out there, Steve, uh, with the, you know, the expanded, if we can call it that, pike regulations. Um, are you seeing more anglers uh, going after pike out there? Because Mille Lacs is, is loaded with them. Mille Lacs is loaded with them. I see a lot of people, you know, targeting the pike. I see people catching big ones besides ourselves. They're throwing them back, which I, which we all appreciate that. You know, there's catch and release works. Uh, I don't see a lot of people keeping them, though. You know, I know they want to get rid of the smaller ones, which is great. But I've only had a couple of clients that wanted to keep, you know, what was in the slot limit for taking home for pickling, and that's about it. So right there shows, you know, more and more people want to do the catch and release, which is great. You know, unfortunately, come wintertime, you know, those dark house people that spear, and you have every right to be there, you know, they're targeting them too. And a lot of times the big ones we get, we, you know, we release, Brian, get speared. So, but on the whole, I don't see a lot of pike being kept for the table not at all uh with this chilly august that we had with crappies out there on malak steve are they starting to go maybe a little early no the crappies you know we're we're hoping to have them into the shallow waters into the weeds and everything we're not seeing them yet we're not seeing the uh bluegills either you know it's it's been one of those years where i think it's not going to happen until we get a decent cold snap and it's going to probably be the middle Middle of September, we're going to start seeing the action pick up for the panfish, just like the uh, perch. We're not seeing a lot of nice-sized perch caught either, you know. So on that hand, we got to wait. On the other hand, you know, things are going pretty good. And if somebody wants to go after crappies or bluegills, there's all those small lakes around the lacks they can produce. Oh, definitely. You know, Ripple Lake's been good. You know, Farm Island's been hit and missing with everything. Uh, Shakopee, it's just all weed choked right now. But uh, like Ripple Lake, Smith Lake, Borden Lake, you know, uh, Bay Lake, they've all been doing pretty good right now this time of year for the sunfish and the crappies. If you're out to target the panfish, you know, like bluegills, hit them early in the morning on the edge of the deeper cabbage weeds. You're going to find them there. And then as the day progresses, they might go a little deeper. But I found lately they've been going into the weeds a lot shallower than normal. So catching a lot of them in six to eight feet of water, too. Crappies early in the morning on the edge of weeds again, late in the evening on the edge of weeds again. During uh, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're moving out to secondary structure, anywhere from 18 to 26 feet of water suspending off of shelves. A little bit tougher to catch the crappies during the midday, but you should have pretty good luck in early morning and late evening. There you go. That's Steve Spaniak with Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. I appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll head up north, talk to Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. We'll talk fall fishing up there and preview this weekend's bear opener when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head up north for the Up North Report. We haven't talked to Matt in a few weeks. He's been busy, I've been busy, and uh, I figured we got to get him back because this is your time of the year, Matt, uh, to where you're wearing a lot of different hats. Uh, we talked to you right now. You just got out of the woods bear baiting. That gets underway on Sunday with the bear season. Fall fishing is now upon us as we uh, wrap up summer here Labor Day weekend. It's getting to be that time of the year. Yeah, it's uh, it's close. I mean, early goose season opens on Sunday, dove hunting. we got a lot of, a lot of hunting that's going to start opening up. And then, like you said, uh, fall fishing is pretty much at our doorstep and i don't know where the summer went but uh <laughs> but it, it's gone yeah that's for sure um let's start off talking fishing matt 
Uh, the month of August has been not really what we're used to. Uh, we always like to call it the dog days of summer, but uh, we didn't have too many days near 80 degrees and a lot of cooler nights. Did that affect fishing up there? Fishing actually was fantastic up until about a week ago. Um, it's still it's still pretty darn good, but but we had like a three week stretch um, the end of July and and through most of August where it was just a bonanza. It was absolutely fantastic. The walleye fishing on Lake Bemidji was superb. Musky fishermen were were just elated. Um, you know, I was hearing of like three four fish days for a lot of musky fishermen, um, and then our water temps dropped about. I think we're down almost 16 degrees, um, and it happened in, like, no time, like a 10- or 12-day period. Um, and the, the temps dropped that fast, and, and the fish kind of went into a funk, and it, it got a little tougher. Um, we started catching a lot of smaller fish and uh, not nearly as many numbers, um, and fish started to really spread out. And, you know, that tells me that we're going to start to move into fall patterns here pretty soon, and Usually we get turnover in October, and and uh, thermocline is already, you know, it's been set up for a long time, and with the water temps dropping the way they are, if September is a cool month, I wouldn't doubt if we uh, we see turnover in like three three to four weeks. So. Wow, that would be early. And the yeah. fishing, as you said, on Lake Bemidji was really good. Some of those other lakes up there, like, uh, you know, Winnie, and uh, we also talk about Cass a lot. We'll talk to uh, Jason here in a little bit about Leech Lake. Um uh, all of those been pretty good yeah all of them have been have been really good um a lot of people pulling crankbaits and jig wrapping so it, like if you're chasing the shallow fish um pulling crankbaits and if you're after the deep fish pulling lead core with crankbaits or jig wrapping has been kind of the ticket and there are fish in both locations um i've been concentrating mostly on the shallow weeds sand and and rocks and and pulling crankbaits um but if i can't get those fish to go then We'll bump off the edges and and either pull lead or uh, or we'll jig wrap. Depends on how much time we have left in the trip. But I always I always start with those shallow fish because if they if they go, um, makes for a really easy fun day and and the numbers have been really good. So, and you kind of got into musky fishing here the last couple of uh, years. Have you had a chance? I know you're super busy. Have you had a chance to get out? This year I haven't had a single chance. Wow. Um, we lost a musky on a trip just the other day. And uh, and we've had several muskies on or um, or close to the boat. We haven't got any in the boat on accident. I haven't done a muskie trip yet this year, and I haven't been muskie fished for myself. It's really kind of depressing because <laughs> I really wanted to get out a bunch this year, but um, but didn't make it out a single time. Hopefully, hopefully I can get in a fall day or two. Crappies down here, actually, some of the the crappie lakes in some of the areas that uh, people like to hit have been doing pretty good. What about up by you? Yeah, the pan fishing has been good. Uh, the deep cabbage is still nice and green, and uh, a lot of fish hanging out in the in that cabbage, and they're pretty easy easy to pick through. Um, you know, you got to weed through uh, a lot of medium to smaller ones when you're going after some of the bigger fish, but uh, the numbers are fantastic. Like if you're just looking for a meal of crappies, it's pretty easy to go get that right now. So. So here we are on the fishing front. Uh, we've got the bear season, as you said, opening up on Sunday, and you've been doing a lot of baiting and stuff. Uh, pretty optimistic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I try not to be, every year I try not to be too overly optimistic, but um, 
but basically since uh, the third or fourth day of baiting, uh, every station has been hit, and we would have had a hunter kill a bear every single day. So our bears are, are coming in at the right time, uh, and every station is getting hit. So things are looking really good. It's just a matter of what the weather is going to do. I would really like it if it would quit raining, and uh, and I would appreciate some wind under 20 miles an hour. Um, it's getting it's getting ridiculous the amount of wind we've been seeing up here and um, and rain. So I uh, I'm cautious but optimistic, um, hoping for some decent weather, uh, a calm, cool evening. Uh, you know, mid 60s, low 70s, with calm on on Sunday night, and and I could pretty much guarantee that I'll be I'll be up most of the night cleaning bears. You know, we talked to Brent Beimert, I believe it was last week, and he said the uh, Red Oaks were starting to lose their acorns. Uh, are you seeing any acorns drop up by you? Yeah, with the wind, the acorns are dropping. Um, a lot of them aren't really that ripe yet. Um, they're, they're getting there fast though with the cooler nights. Uh, the hazelnuts, too, it, it was like they went from, oh, I'm not worried about them, they're not even close to, uh, I peeled one yesterday, and I was like, oh, they're <laughs> now they're ready. So uh, hazelnuts, acorns, um, those are you know going to start playing a, a big factor here pretty soon, and I'm just hoping that uh, that they don't fall in mass here um, over the next over the next uh, week. So if, if they could wait till next week, that'd be great. Like Wednesday, Thursday, they can they can all drop for all I care. But just get me through, <laughs> get me through the weekend. Yeah, because that... we 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 don't deal with a lot of red oak here either. Um, so it's not really a huge issue. You know, up here it's mostly pine and aspen, and the oak we do have uh, mostly scrub oak. So a uh, little bit different animal. Um, you know, they don't drop as as heavy, and they don't drop as they're not as big. So yeah, and for those that aren't familiar with baiting and, and bear hunting. Um, and they're going, well, why is Matt concerned about the acorns? Basically, if those acorns fall in mass, like you said, it basically screws up all of your bait stations. Yeah. Um, I know the DNR had bears collared, and they were tracking some bears, and uh, I, I don't remember the study or what the statistics, statistics were on it, but a bear traveled something like 13 miles to um, to this old grove just to eat acorns. So, um uh, it, it's something they love, and it only happens once a year, and acorns are rich in protein, and, and they don't have to move very far. If they're in an oak grove, you know, they can just they can just wallow around and, and pick up <laughs> huge quantities of acorns, and it's pretty easy picking. So uh, one of their favorite foods, and hopefully they stay in the trees for a little bit longer. This may be a really silly question, Matt, but I'm guessing the population is pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, the worst base bait station we have right now has five different bears in it so um you know five bears seven bears one station has like 11 different bears that have visited it so um i would say the population is just fine anything of size that you've seen on camera yeah we got a couple of really big ones um we have one station that we're going to have a gal um hunting and it's going to be really interesting because there are two really, really, really big bears. Um, you know, it, it's always tough to gauge them by a trail cam, but uh, but I've been doing this a long time. I've been looking at bears for over 30 years, and um, I would say that, that the sow is probably, you know, a touch over 300 pounds, and she has a cub. So um, 
and and bear are a little bit different than deer like a deer and they're kind of mean <laughs> the the moms you know they'll, they'll send um send the fawn across the road first to make sure it's safe and then they follow well bears are the opposite they'll uh, the sow will go first so the sow always comes into the bait station first and he, he can't see the cub and then all of a sudden you know four or five minutes later the cub will come in so but she also has uh, a large boar that's coming in there that's probably close to 400 pounds so Jeez. she's got a really she's got a really good station and she's got a really good shot at a really big bear um she's just gonna have to really pay attention to um whether it's the the sow with the cub or or that big boar and being a first-time bear hunter it's really hard to make that decision and you got adrenaline going and stuff like that so but yeah we've got several bears over 300 that we've seen on camera and uh, a lot of smaller ones too and obviously the smaller ones you know they're not as smart and and they usually come in first so i'm sure we'll have some hunters harvest some uh, and when i say smaller you know i'm still looking at legal bears that are 130 to 200 pounds you know hopefully uh, hopefully we have some of those because it makes for easier drag and easier cleaning but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah a lot of a lot of different size classes year classes and uh, and a lot of different bears so and I'm guessing you got a full plate of clients I actually had two people forget to buy licenses that got drawn that we had slated for this year so I had two I have two open slots where uh, uh, that I didn't that I didn't get to fill so um, it's actually, you know, it's still a lot of work and we're still running a lot of clients, but, uh, but we're too short of, of being full. So there you go. That's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com and all over social media. And I would uh, encourage you to follow Matt on social media this weekend because uh, those bears do get harvested. He will have pictures. I guarantee you that. Good luck this weekend, buddy. And uh, we'll chat next week. Okay. Sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us. Uh, a little off the beaten path this week, Joel. We don't really go with a main course. This is kind of an appetizer. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this, though. Yeah, kind of a little starter, just a nice uh, party appetizer. Really pretty simple. We call them zucchini boats or zucchini canoes. I like the word boat a little better. But uh, we're taking a pound of ground venison, brown that up, a little bit of onions, and a little bit of peppers. I let your meat ground uh, brown up first. And add in your onions and peppers maybe halfway through to kind of just so they have a little bit of crispness to them. Add in some uh, fresh chopped garlic and a little bit of cheese, probably a cup, cup and a half of cheese, and let that kind of, you know, get all gooey together. And we'll take our zucchinis, about four zucchinis, a nice, you know, eight to ten inches in length or six to eight inches in length. Um, slice them in half the long way, and we're going to seed them out. So we're going to make a nice, you know, nice little canoe or a boat out of it. Take our ground venison mixture with our onions and peppers. Lay it inside of there, top it with more cheese. Love it. And we're going to bake it in the oven for 15, 15 minutes at a 350, 375-ish. Just wait for that zucchini to kind of soften up a little bit. You don't want it to be you know, chomping into hard zucchinis. Let that soften up a little bit, pull it out, cut it into you know, three, four pieces, however many you like. And I would, I would serve it with probably a marinara or a pasta sauce or, a, or any kind of red sauces you know, would work really good with this, I believe. One question on this. Uh, 
just the type of cheese that you like or which something you'd recommend? So I would recommend it mixing in some cheddar with it and then topping it with pepper jack cheese after that. I was just going to say something about a blend of some sort. Yeah, a nice so. blend. You can kind of go whichever way you want. You could use, you know, some Mexican um Mexican cheddar cheese or, you know, any any kind of cheese is, is probably pretty awesome on there. Yeah, I like the pepper jack idea though. That's I like the fun. pepper jack yeah. idea too. That's that's what I would go for. There you go. So spice uh, it up a little more, sriracha on top. Oh. See, the possibilities are endless (laughs) with these recipes. It keeps going. Joel just gives you the base. From there, you go ahead and take it from wherever you want. So some very good stuff. Uh, Zucchini Boats uh, this week. Yeah, so if you want to give it a try, it's on our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the uh, Recipes tab, and you can try this and a ton of other recipes he has there. Thanks, Joel, as always. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and we'll check in next week. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. And that'll put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5. You can also stream the show live if you're out of town or away from your radio at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. While you're there, check out our sponsors page. And we're all over the podcast network, so if uh, you like listening to podcasts, as many of you do now, you can uh, download us on uh, Podcast One, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors, and then uh, give us a nice rate and review when you subscribe as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liebax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Rag your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3